Hello, my name is John Beasley, and in May 2019, I had the privilege of meeting and talking for Harmony UK podcast to members of a group who've become legends of a cappella to fans the world over. They were special guests in Bournemouth at the 45th convention of the British Association of Barbershop Singers, and on the Saturday night show, where they performed an incredible hour-long set, they were introduced like this. Uh, I'm so, so happy to be introducing to you the most amazing vocal group ever, in my opinion. Uh, they've recently won um, an award, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Caras in Boston, uh, and they're, they're just so fantastic. So please, please, please give a warm welcome and a massive round of applause for The Real Group! Five years now, the real group have been a byword for vocal dexterity and stunning virtuosity. Their songs and performances by turn uplifting, thought-provoking and funny, and their harmonies often spellbinding. As well as taking the convention by storm in that Saturday night show, the group also gave two masterclasses in Bournemouth, and after one of them, I was able to speak to three members of the real group. My name is Lisa Östergren. I'm the alto singer in this group. I joined three years ago. My name is Anders Edenrot. I'm the tenor and I joined 35 years ago. And I'm Janis Strasdinsch. I sing the bass in the real group and I joined four years ago. And so you've, you've been in the group for, for varying amounts of time, of course, Anders, you, you started it. But, but listening to you and, and, and looking at the way that you did some of your, uh, your own exercises and, and talked about the group, one of the things that came over tremendously was, was the way that you all trust one another when you're out on stage. Yeah, it's, I think it's the voice and being a singer is a very vulnerable art form because you're sort of, you're one with your instrument. You can't buy a more expensive violin or a guitar. It's actually you have the one for the whole, your whole life. So also when people listen to you, as a singer, they listen to you, uh, your soul and your personality very clearly. So that's why I also think it's sometimes in order to perform vocal music on stage, you must build a higher sense of collective security and safety on stage in order to dare to uh, make art. And one of the things that was amazing was that when one of you took control, the others listened, and without any apparent visible gestures, Lisa, you, you were able to follow one another and, and, and slow down, speed up, change the timbre, change, change the tone of your voices pretty much in unison. Yeah, it's cool. You know, it's, it's, a it, it, it's a bit of intuition and, yeah, big ears. How, how do you do it? I mean, how, do you, how much practice does it take? Nothing. I think an, anyone could do it. You just have to open your ears and listen to each other. 
really. And Yanis, you come from a choir background, I know. Is this something choirs can do too? Yeah, we do that. The same thing that you saw here today with the, with choirs as well. So it's possible also for a group of people to unite and to, with their choices, to guide the other singers. So it's it's like a like a collective brain thing and collective ear thing that is happening at the same time, which is yeah, it's it's something. I think magical would be too romanticized to say, but there is some kind of a magic in that that thing that you can do with your mind and with your ears and just being aware of what you do. I was watching your uh, documentary on uh, the internet the other day and one of the things that was said right at the very beginning was that, that when you call yourselves the real group, it, it means something. You want there to be a connection, a different connection, a different experience for each of you every, every night. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I get the question sometimes, how can you keep on singing the same songs night after night? And I say, well, I, <laughs> I changed the audience, which means that I'm, I'm actually, you know, relating to a different uh, atmosphere and different personality. Uh, and it also, then, also, it's very important to know that the music we do and want, what we want to do is a form of a dialogue that we uh, start with the audience immediately when we try, get on stage. We try to establish a communication. It's not that we walk up there and, and do our stuff and show them how, how well we have rehearsed it and then we leave stage. We immediately try to include them into the, the performance. Uh, and that makes it interesting, it makes it a little risky and uh, if you add risk it also gets very attractive in a sense, both to the singers and to the audience And and if something goes wrong, does it ever go wrong? How do you deal with it if it does go wrong? Well, if we define wrong, I mean (laughs) Then we just stop and start from the beginning again But also wrong, um, sometimes the songs end up uh, quicker or they have they have a feeling that we have never sung it in before. And then we're, I think, happier than ever because all of a sudden we experience something that we had never experienced before. Yeah, once we did primetime blues and I just jumped over the bridge or something. I just went from verse to chorus, but the other just followed me. I didn't recognize I did wrong, uh, but we solved it, it you know, in, in the situation. Mm-hmm. We laughed and the and audience yeah, laughed. And, and you were really surprised, I think. Yeah. And I was just you know, going my way. <laughs> so it's going with the experience then rather than worrying about the fact that it was different from last time. Yeah, I, I think it's important to do some mistakes or what do you call it? I don't know. Mistakes? No. Uh, experience. You, you, you have a rule as well, don't you? In the, in, you were telling us, tell, tell us about this rule that you have, the 20-minute rule. The 20-minute rule, uh, 20 minutes after a concert, you're not allowed to say anything negative about the performance, and actually not anything negative at all, because you have opened up emotionally when you're on stage, and when you walk off, you don't want to be exposed to that kind of uh, negative feelings. But also, if you have that rule, you start collecting good memories from the show, so you have something to say right when you get off stage. Have you heard the one about the two tomatoes? Yes, we have. A million times or more. Two tomatoes walking down the street. That's the one we've heard it before. Maybe they would like to hear about the two tomatoes. No, they don't. It's such a big bore. But the two tomatoes can make you laugh a laugh a laugh. Well, all right, let's hear it for the very last time. 
a sort of joke to music which went down a storm on stage at Babs as the real group invited their audience to suggest names for characters in the song which the group then had to remember to sing throughout their performance. One example perhaps of that vulnerability that they were speaking about. But it's not only singers that can be vulnerable to lapses of memory, as I was about to find out. I'm wondering because you, you, you communicate with the audience, you communicate with each other all the time. How does it feel then when a new person joins the group? Because you've you've changed personnel quite a few times. Yanis, um, you, you're the newest here. You've been in four years. What, what's, did I it might, take? I, a, I might have uh, to correct you. We have uh, been singing for 35 years. We have changed only four members in 35 years. Ah, I think that's not quite a few. Is it? That, that's not quite a few. No, that, that's less than a few. And I apologise. <laughs> and I'm actually the newest one. Oh, right. and you're actually I'm the newest the newbie. one. Yeah. Okay, shall we, shall we start from scratch? And I, I we'll, 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 we'll rush over the fact that that was a mistake of mine. It's, it was an experience, no, in fact. It was an experiment. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's, let's take it. You should keep this part of the interview. <laughs> yeah. sure. This is the most fun yeah. part. Yeah. <laughs> take, take 339. Um, Lisa, <laughs> I'm just wondering what happens when somebody joins because. There have been one or two changes over the years. You are the newest singer in the group. Was was it difficult to to to, to blend yourself in? How long did it take? Um, it took a while, I think. I I think the group was really bad. No, it became bad when I was joining. At first. At first. You know, but after a while, I was like, yeah, you know, floating with the other singers and yeah so it takes a while to get into the vibe yeah then. it takes a while but uh, uh. but I must say it's not only you Lisa because I'm I have been a part of most of the member changes in this group not to say all. <laughs> all of them <laughs> and I think it actually is just as much as a matter of the other four that has to start singing and and behaving in a different way and communicating in a di- different way not only musically but also socially so and that takes a little while mm. uh, in order to do that and uh, so like the first year it was a matter of getting to know the new instrument and the new Lisa and you getting to know us and then and all my jokes yeah, and your, your because jokes, I'm the yeah. funniest member in the yes. group you know I, I, I'm tempted now to ask you to tell us one don't you <laughs> no I don't have any no. <laughs> she's, she's, she's the jokes just come natural from yeah. out of nowhere social jokes not social, no, no no anecdotes no <laughs> can I ask you then about the, the, I mean Anders you, you've been involved for the entire 35 years when the real group got started there wasn't much like it around certainly that I knew of at the time um what were you aiming for? Was it was it was it freedom from a conductor from a from, from a choir? Or was it something else? I think it was a combination of our um, upbringing in choral society and our love for 
contemporary rhythmical music and jazz harmonies. And they, at that time, there was not any repertoire in the Swedish choirs community that did that. So I think it was a way for us to combine these two. More like an experiment than, than a sort of a career strategy, definitely. And nowadays, people look back and they say, the real group... Very often you're, you're, you're credited with starting the whole modern a cappella movement. What, what do you say when people suggest that to you? I, I think there is a, a heritage that many groups and many individuals have contributed to. I mean, if you go back more than 100 years to street corner singing, uh, like usually poor black people in the U.S. that were making money that way, singing in harmony. Uh, we have the barbershop tradition that actually were people, barbers in the beginning, believe it or not, singing to the clients. And then in the 50s, some of the great jazz groups like the Hilos and uh, and then later on Singers Unlimited, all from Gene Perling, and then, then of course, uh, King Singers and Swingle Singers from the U.K. and not to say the least, Bob McFerrin introducing... Uh, so when you take all these elements and you com- combine them then we have today's modern a cappella and the real group has been one part of it but I would say that there's already now I can see some new parts coming up we, we just had a concert in Hanover with a young group called Accent they're bringing something into the to the vocal group that that was created by the internet. They met on internet and started to singing in parts without even meeting physically. So uh, we we cannot really tell what is around the corner. One of those songs that really does set you thinking about something that seems such an everyday part of our lives. The real group are very willing to engage on issues that they believe to be important. One of them was the environment and global warming. Bass singer Yanis Strazinch. Well, I think that's an issue that we all should be <laughs> caring about and be aware of. So we just try to do whatever we can in the way of what we say from the stage, in the way of some of the songs that we sing and also in in connection of the way how we travel we try to be as planet friendly as we can and uh, I I don't know any any way that we can reduce the over consuming of stuff 
and of the resources, we, we try to do that and advise others to do it as well. Is that going to limit your tour options? Because, I mean, you have been to Japan, you've been to South Africa. Those are places it's very difficult to get to unless you fly. Yeah, of course. It would be <laughs> take a long time to go to Japan. <laughs> so we will, yeah. Maybe we, we must uh, tour more in Europe where we can take the train. And also we start thinking like we have this gig in Hamburg and then we say, hey, in order to go there and back again, we need to fly basically. Uh, or we add a gig in Copenhagen and another one in southern Sweden, one on the way down and one on the way up. And then we can go by train and it makes it. And then all of a sudden we have three concerts in mm. three days rather than just spending time on so an airplane. It, so it opens up more uh, <laughs> possibilities for Actually, touring. I, I think so. <laughs> the possibilities that, that if you have to solve something, then what they, they sell the need is the in mother of invention or something, isn't it? Progress. Indeed, progress, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One more question to you, because I know that you are very much interested in, in, in the educational side of music as well. and You, you do have your own academy as well. Tell, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, we have an academy that consists of, of, the, of course, the group members, but also some of the former members and other people that share our ways of um, teaching, coaching, and also our set of values, basically. So we have an online academy for, with Skype sessions, and we also travel around and work with choirs and vocal groups and so. And the online part, is, is, is that open to people who might be listening to this, who might, might have an interest, Lisa? Yes. Mm. Yes. It's open right yeah, now. I've had a Skype session, for example, with a singer from Malaysia. So that's everything's possible. And w- I didn't have to fly there. Absolutely captivating to see them perform that song on stage. Water from The Real Group's 2018 album Elements. And if you'd like to find some more of their many recordings or their sheet music arrangements, then the online shop on The Real Group website can direct you to books, CDs and downloads. And you'll also find out more there about that Real Group Academy that we were speaking about. Uh, The website address is therealgroup.se. And it was a great pleasure to talk to them. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this special podcast feature devoted to The Real Group. Keep an eye out for a couple more full-length Harmony UK podcasts to come this year. I'm hoping to shine a spotlight on some of the new crop of arrangers who've exploded onto the barbershop scene in recent years here in the UK. And we'll also be taking to the road before the end of the year to explore the musical landscape 
perhaps somewhere near where you live. I haven't yet decided, so if there is something happening close to you that you think that others might enjoy hearing about, then do let me know, either by tweet, uh, Facebook message, or you can email the podcast at harmonyukpod at gmail.com. harmonyukpod at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, thank you very much indeed for listening. From me, John Beasley, until the next time, bye-bye.